The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com slash enterprise data to learn more. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Asia for this Tuesday, May 30th in Hong Kong, Monday, May 29th in New York. And coming up today, American equity futures rise on trader optimism that the U.S. will avert a catastrophic default. NVIDIA unveils a new batch of products looking to capitalize on the AI frenzy. And Xiaomi sources more production in India despite heightened regulatory scrutiny. China turns its back on a meeting with U.S. Defense Secretary. China says de-risk and decouple are the same thing. Biden says he's hopeful the House will pass debt ceiling legislation Wednesday. I'm Ed Baxter with Global News. Both 10 seeds are asked in the first round of the French Open. I'm Dan Schwartzman. I'll have that story and more coming up in Bloomberg Sports. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak Asia, the business news you need to start your day in just one 15-minute podcast. Available on Apple, Spotify, the Bloomberg Business app, and everywhere you get your podcasts. Good morning. I'm Brian Curtis. Here are the stories we're following today. Well, the deal on the U.S. debt ceiling may just be replacing one worry with another. Let's get that story from Bloomberg's Denise Pellegrini. If Congress approves the Biden-McCarthy deal to raise the debt limit, investors will avoid the worst-case scenario of payments default and financial mayhem. But any cuts in federal spending in the debt ceiling deal could also raise prospects for a hard landing for the economy by adding tightening fiscal spending to the Fed's monetary tightening. Two weeks ago, economists said the chance of a U.S. recession in the next year was already at least 65 percent. And Michael Ferroli, economist at J.P. Morgan Chase, says fiscal multipliers do tend to be higher in in a recession, meaning any cuts in fiscal spending could have a larger impact on employment and GDP than usual. On the other hand, this could also inspire the Fed to slow or even stop the interest rate hikes for now. Denise Pellegrini, Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. Wall Street will see a number of tech companies reporting quarterly earnings this week. Let's get a preview from Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet. Among those tech names, Broadcom, Dell Technologies, Salesforce, VMware, and HP. It comes amid what many are calling better-than-feared quarterly earnings. Mona Mahajan is senior investment strategist at Edward Jones. Although earnings growth this past quarter did exceed expectations, we're still looking at negative earnings growth and really now three back-to-back negative earnings mm. quarters. So valuation is expanding. Breath has been narrow. Also this week, more insight as to the strength of the consumer with reports from Lululemon Athletica and Dollar General. In New York, Charlie Pellet, Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. Meantime, NVIDIA's CEO Jensen Huang has unveiled a new batch of products and services tied to artificial intelligence. It comes on the heels of last week's stunning sales forecast for the current quarter, which was almost $4 billion above analyst estimates. Here's Huang speaking at the Computex Technology Show in Taipei. We have now reached the tipping point of a new computing era. 
So every two years, we take giant leaps forward, and I'm expecting the next leap to be giant as well. This is the new computer industry. Huang discussed a wide-ranging lineup, which includes a new robotic system, gaming capabilities, advertising services, as well as networking technology. NVIDIA also took the wraps off an AI supercomputer platform. The chipmaker said that this will help companies create successors to chat GPT. Well, for the first time in several years, Elon Musk is expected to visit China this week. Bloomberg's Erica Herskovitz has more. Elon Musk is expected to meet senior Chinese officials in China this week, marking his first trip to the country in three years. Reuters reports Musk also intends to visit Tesla's factory in Shanghai. It's unclear who Musk will meet with or what they would talk about. Last week, China ramped up efforts to develop a satellite-powered internet network that can compete with Musk's Starlink, which has quickly expanded around the world and whose military applications have been on display in Ukraine's defense against Russia. I'm Erica Herskowitz, Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. Well, the Chinese tech company Xiaomi is deepening its push into India. Bloomberg's Joanne Wong with more from Hong Kong. Xiaomi has engaged India's homegrown firm Optimus Electronics to make Bluetooth neckband earphones. It's the first time an Indian supplier will make an audio product for the Chinese tech giant. Xiaomi was hesitant to source in India initially because it was easier to bring these products in from China. In prior years, Xiaomi had led India's smartphone market. But allegations of money laundering and state scrutiny contributed to a decline of about 20%. As a result, Xiaomi rushed to explore manufacturing alliances with local companies. It's now hoping to regain the market share it lost. In Hong Kong, I'm Joanne Wong, Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. Xiaomi traded down two-tenths of one percent here in Hong Kong yesterday uh, in the latest trading action. We've talked a lot about sagging Chinese equities on this program. The Hang Seng China Enterprises Index is now very close to a bear market, down 19 plus percent from its highs earlier this year. And the Nasdaq Golden Dragon Index is trailing the S&P 500 by more than 17 percentage points this quarter. Among the issues, and we'll get to a lot of this on the program today with our guests, among the issues, China's fumbling recovery, the recent weakness that we've seen in the Chinese currency, the RMB, as well as the regulatory overhang and geopolitical tensions with the United States. Now it's time for global news. China has turned down another request to meet with a top-level U.S. official. Ed Baxter has global news from the 960 Newsroom in San Francisco. Ed? Yeah, that's exactly right, Brian. After several weeks of no answer, Beijing has declined the formal request to meet with Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin in Singapore this week. The Pentagon has issued a statement saying the decision is very concerning. Chinese academics are publicly rejecting the terminology of de-risk being used by the U.S. and European allies to explain new trade restrictions. Chinese state media quotes them as saying they are the same thing. It says de-risking is just decoupling in disguise. No day off for the debt ceiling spending cut negotiations. President Joe Biden today out saying, although he's never confident about what Congress will do, I've spoken to a number of the members, I spoke to McConnell, I spoke to uh, a whole bunch of people. And it feels good, we'll see when the vote starts. 
So it should be Wednesday. Bloomberg's Anne-Marie Hordern says the problem remains at two edges of the parties. And then on the progressive side, they feel like they just gave too much. They're upset about any work requirements. The work requirements, though, was it Medicaid. They're still upset that there was work requirements now to access to a food social safety net called SNAP. And the right of the GOP. Senator Mike Lee of Utah saying that if he doesn't see the steep spending cuts, which many were left on the on the table, then he would make the process very difficult. Um, so what you have here is a very tight timeline to make sure that the bill gets across both the House and the Senate and to Biden's desk before June 5th. Yeah, so both Biden and McCarthy are banking on moderate wings of both parties to come together in the middle and pass it. Hong Kong's high court has rejected media mogul Jimmy Lai's motion to dismiss his national security case. He sought the dismissal on grounds that he would not be granted a fair trial because the justices have been picked by Chief Executive John Lee. Uh, This paves the way for his trial to take place on September 25th. Russia has hit an air base in western Ukraine, damaging five aircraft and the runway. Meanwhile, U.S. Senator Lindsey Graham is wanted now in Russia. He has shown up on the uh, Interior Minister database of wanted persons in an edited version of a conversation that he had with ukrainian president volodymyr zelensky in kiev Graham has shown saying russians are dying best money we ever spent well now ukraine has issued two separate clips saying they were taken out of context this is one of them we know that from, from first days we have total support it's about 38 billion and the, the, the Big, big support, very important. The best money we've ever spent. Russia is asking Graham to publicly acknowledge his words were taken out of context. Japan's Prime Minister Fumio Kishida says he will fire his son, who is working as a secretary after a scandal over a party held in his office residence in late 2022 continues to boil over. And Memorial Day in the U.S., a day to remember those who gave their lives to fight for freedom and democracy. President Biden at Arlington Memorial Cemetery. We must never forget the price that was paid to protect our democracy. We must never forget the lives these flags, flowers, and marble markers represent. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, and this is Bloomberg. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox President Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF. I'm Brian Curtis in Hong Kong. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. Let's get to our guest. It's Kamal Sri Kumar, president at Sri Kumar Global Strategies. 
Sri, thanks very much for taking out the time on a holiday to be with us. Uh, we do appreciate that. Well, we, we didn't see a lot of angst really in the markets uh, before the debt ceiling deal was done. Uh, does it make sense to you that we, we won't see a lot of angst while we're waiting for the, the vote uh, in Congress? And also that we probably won't see a big relief rally either uh, in that uh, people kind of assumed that eventually this would get done. Um, first of all, thank you for inviting me back, Brian. A pleasure to be with you. And I wrote a piece on Saturday morning, uh, New York time, before the deal was even talked about uh, as close to final, saying that it would not have any major impact on the market. So in terms of the questions that you asked, I would say no impact on the market if the debt default had actually gone through, no big impact as a result of uh, the deal going through by the, in the next two days, and we are basically going to sail on as before. And what's the reason for that? The reason why a debt deal failure may even have been in some ways better than having this debt deal go through is that the impact of that would make U.S. bond yields come down and the dollar to strengthen. And for the same reason that in August of 2011, I said that if U.S. got downgraded by S&P, which it was, yields would actually go down. And that's exactly what happened. Well, because anything like a debt deal crashing means that the U, it's not the U.S. risk, but the global risk has increased. And where do you go when the global risk increases? It's not the renminbi yuan. It is not the euro. You have to come yeah. to the dollar. It's 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 a bit perverse uh, that that funds would flow into U.S. Treasuries when, you know, a default means that the government can't pay the bills. But anyway, we know all of those conditions. Uh, I think you described it quite well. Uh, let's talk a little bit about if what this leads to is the Treasury Department issuing a lot more debt. Where do you see yields moving in in that um, in that scenario? Uh, yes, the U.S. Treasury is going to issue more paper. And eventually, by that I mean 18 months from now, let's say end of 2024, you may be looking at much higher bond yields. But if you look at now through the end of this year, I look for the 10-year Treasury yield to actually go down, and I'll tell you why. You have a combination of the Fed pivoting. Uh, Powell gave some indication of doing that. Eventually, I think they'll throw in the towel even when inflation rate has been higher than targeted. You may recall, Brian, that in our conversations together, I have said that repeatedly, that the Fed is going to pivot before the job is done. And the reason is we have already had one credit event in the form of a regional banking crisis. That may repeat itself. More banks may go down. Or alternately, you may have a new credit event. And mm. that, my favorite candidate, is commercial real estate and just rearing its head up just now and over the next 6 to 12 months becoming the problem number one for the Biden administration. And that also is going to make U.S. Treasury yields to go down. But then when you look at two years plus, it's going to be a different story, as I mentioned. It's a little curious, Sri, because, uh, you know, a lot of this is textbook, but but this is not really a, a textbook time in the sense that, you know, we've seen companies hold on to workers because they struggled so, so hard to get them back after the pandemic. And, and that was a real change in behavior when people 
were working from home and didn't want to go back to the office. Uh, so companies, you know, rightly are aware that they can't get the same sort of uh, talent that they have always needed. Uh, and so they're reticent to lay people off. If they don't lay people off, uh, will the economy really stumble? The economy, let's go back to the initial part of your question, Brian, and why is it that it's been so difficult to get employees? Look at the amount of stimulus that was provided by the Treasury, both the Trump Treasury and the Biden Treasury. $900 billion by Trump, $1.9 trillion added to it by by, uh, the Biden administration. Add them both together, you get approximately $4 trillion, and you are talking about a $24 trillion economy Mm. into which you are going to just put in $4 trillion additional dollars. Then the Fed jumps in, and all through 2021 maintains that inflation is transitory and doubles the balance sheet from 20 to 2022. You cannot get workers to come work for you because they all got too much cash. The Federal Reserve study showed that in the second half of 2022, about $1.7 trillion worth of excess savings were still in the system. So if I'm getting paid or if I have received enough benefits, I'm not going to go back to work or I'm going to ask for a much higher wage before I will return to work. So this was an unforced error. This is, again, part of the policy response that we we had to COVID. It was not COVID which did it, but the policy that responded to it, Brian. Okay. Just briefly, will you be really surprised uh, if the Fed raises interest rates further? I will be very surprised indeed. I won't be surprised if they raise uh, just one more on June 13th, 14th. But Mm. if you're talking about a concerted period of increase, that would come as a surprise to me. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Asia, your morning brief on the stories making news from Hong Kong to Singapore and Wall Street. You can also listen live each day on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 991 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM Channel 119, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Brian Curtis. Look for us on your podcast feed every day on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say, Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. I'm Brian Curtis. Join us again tomorrow for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.